0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Gwinnett, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. All right, good morning and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud. I'm your host, Nicole Toptash, along with my co host, Dominic Rainey. It is great to be back with you, Dom. I want to thank you for the awesome job that you did while I was out. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, I'm on top of the world again. How you doing, Nicole?
0: I'm feeling great. Tom, you know, while I was out convalescing, I picked up a few good medical jokes, and I thought I'd share one with you. What did the doctor say to the patient after he removed his left side?
1: I'm almost afraid to ask, but uh, <laughs> here we go. Okay, what did he say?
0: You're going to be all right now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that wouldn't crack you up. And speaking of the medical field, Dom, we have a great show lined up today. Joining us from Marietta Facial Plastic Surgery, we're excited to speak with Dr. Seth Yellen. From the Intersick Group, we have the pleasure of speaking with David Lee. And from Eberly and Associates, we're honored to have Dan Eberly. Welcome to the show, everyone. Dr. Yellen, why don't you get us started and talk about Marietta Facial Plastic Surgery, and what do you do there?
2: Sure. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, Marietta Facial Plastic Surgery is a uh, partnership. In, is in partnership with Marietta Dermatology, uh, which is a uh, very large, well-established practice in the Marietta area. Uh, Marietta Dermatology has been uh, in Marietta for over 40 years, um, and we, uh, we have uh, 17 dermatologic providers um, my practice um, adds to the uh, so, adds to the services that Marietta dermatology can offer their patients. Um, my background uh, is in facial plastic surgery. Um, for more than 12 years, I was chief of facial plastic surgery at Emory Healthcare and uh, in 2011 uh, left to uh, to join Marietta Dermatology and start Marietta facial plastic surgery. Um, we uh, provide a, a full array of both uh, reconstructive and aesthetic facial services. Uh, we have a full aesthetic center as well, um, which uh, provides skin care, um, which is guided both by myself and the dermatologists at the, uh, at the practice. Um, for um, those patients uh, seeking um, aesthetic improvement, such as uh, improvement with their eyes or their uh, facial appearance in some way, um, we provide um, a full um, one-stop shop um, if you um, have a skin cancer or some other uh, malady that needs reconstruction, we can also do that. In fact, um, we work in concert with our um, Mohs surgeon uh, who deals with um, skin cancer removal, uh, and uh, we provide really a, a vertically integrated uh, skin care center for patients in the Marietta area. Um, my specialty um, really um, allows me to develop great expertise in uh, in all of the areas of facial aesthetics. And uh, from my perspective, um, I'd like to take this opportunity to sort of walk through um, a little bit of uh, what we do uh, at the center. Um, so um, for those who are interested in improving their appearance, they'll uh, often come to our office and we'll, uh, we'll have an hour-long consultation. And in that uh, hour-long consultation, um, it's an opportunity to understand what the patient's concerns are um, and then um, for me to examine them and provide a, a detailed plan of, um, of attack, so to speak. Um, I think that uh, it's very important to understand um, that skin care starts with sun protection, um, and we stress that point to all of our patients. Um, the lighter your skin, the more important it is, but um, the uh, American Dermatology Association recommends SPF 30, uh, skin protection every day for all of us, and if you start early enough in life, you really protect your skin and reduce uh, the unwanted um, lines and wrinkles that come with sun exposure as well as reduce your risk of skin cancer. Um, For um, the purposes of this discussion, um, from a business perspective, there really is a a business advantage to looking better. Um, And uh, just as one would sort of have a little confidence booster by putting on a new suit or perhaps a new dress, um, when going to work, um, if their uh, appearance is improved, it gives you a little emotional boost and a little bit more self-confidence. Of course. So um, really what we do is much more than skin deep. Um, we provide people with that sense of uh, of improvement and um, just good, a good sense of confidence in, in their daily lives. Um, this extends, of course, to their social life as well. So um, I really like to say that we practice psychiatry with a knife um, and... <laughs> Uh, on, with that in mind, um, modern aesthetic surgery, particularly facial aesthetic surgery, um, can offer a tremendous amount of benefit um, with office-based procedures today. Um, there, is a, there has been an explosion of new technologies, um, both light energy, laser therapies, as well as injectable products that allow us to enhance and improve someone's appearance in an office environment with uh, little to no downtime whatsoever. Um, So I think from a business person's perspective, that's very appealing, Um, not having to miss a a step while being able to improve their facial appearance. Um, I can tell you that in the last 15 years, there's been a real um, dramatic um, change and an evolution in our field in terms of understanding the value and aesthetic power of of facial volume. Um, Facial volume uh, is really the cornerstone to an aesthetically pleasing youthful face. I mean, if we all think of that 2-year-old plump round face and then that 90-year-old very aged, gaunt, drawn, devolumized face, we're all somewhere on that continuum. So um, what we've recognized um, through various um, studies and um, CT scan evaluations and so on is that we lose both bony as well as facial fat um, soft tissue volume. And we can replenish those with injectable fillers today. And um, I can tell you that there's no more powerful aesthetic boost than mid-face volume. Um, And by mid-face volume, I mean um, volume added deep beneath the uh, skin, fat, and muscle of the face to replenish the loss of fullness in the uh, lower eye and mid-face cheek area. Uh, If you want to enhance someone's appearance, um, be it a male or a female, uh, injecting volume in the midface and an area that we call the tear trough, um, which is the uh, hollowness underneath the eyes, um, is a tremendous aesthetic um, boost for most faces and can be um, done in the office in 20 minutes, um, providing up to 18 to 24 months of improvement. So that's a terrific thing that we've now been able to um, add to the armamentarium of facial aesthetics.
0: Right, right. Now, you spoke about injectable fillers. Were you referring to Botox? Because we hear so much about sure. that from Hollywood to a local level. Can you talk a little bit more about that in terms of the benefits and the downtime, and is it something that's good for both male and female?
2: Yeah, so Botox is a tool. Um, Botox is um, one of the brand-name medicines that fall under the category of neuromodulators. Um, All of these medicines, um, Botox, Dysport, and Xeomin, um, block the communication of the nerve to the muscle. Uh, They're not fillers themselves. Um, They really control um, specific facial expressions, which when um, you control the muscles underlying the skin, um, the skin relaxes. So the skin in the forehead, uh, the skin between the eyebrows, in the crow's feet area, and around the mouth Uh, attached tightly to the underlying muscles. That allows us to express. However, as we age and lose elasticity in our skin, uh, the skin begins to fold and then ultimately leave a crease at rest. By relaxing the underlying muscles with Botox or Xeominus or or Dysport, um, one can, um, over time, soften those unwanted lines and wrinkles. Okay. Um, Botox, um, just as uh, as one uh, named brand of a neuromodulator, um, provides us the opportunity um, to also sculpt the face. Um, I could uh, open an eye in um, someone whose eyes sort of squint closed when they smile. Mm. Um, I can curl up the corners of one's mouth. Um, I can even lift an eyebrow. Um, so you're limited only by the creativity and knowledge of the of the uh, injector. Um, I also want to stress that uh, fillers, and the fillers um, I'm referring to are products such as Restylane and Juvederm and Radiesse, um, are, again, tools. And like any tool, it depends on who's using that tool. If I'm right. swinging a hammer, I can't build a house. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, uh, if I'm injecting a filler, I can really three-dimensionally volumize your face and create a very natural and youthful look. To me, the cornerstone of well-done aesthetic improvement, as well as reconstructive um, uh, improvement, is to create a very natural appearance. Uh, not to telegraph to someone that something's been done. Right. Um, The best compliment a patient can have is, oh, did you get a new haircut, or is that a new lipstick you're wearing, or something to that effect. (laughs) So, you know, people know that they look good, or, you know, you look like you had a great night's sleep. Uh, That would be a wonderful sort of aesthetic compliment. Right. Um, You certainly um, want to um, be um, artistic and judicious in your application of all aesthetic improvements. So... Um, I consider myself an artist, not just a surgeon.
0: Okay. Now, I I know I've had a few in my day. Can you tell me what's the latest and greatest in terms of facials and uh, chemical peels?
2: Well, the the estheticians now use uh, lasers on a regular basis to do laser facials and remove um, very thin layers of skin to reveal the plumper underlying cells of the deeper layers within the skin. Um, there are a number of um, products that one can use that are now scientifically based, scientifically proven, and very effective at um, hydrating skin, improving um, discolorations, both brown discoloration and unwanted redness, okay. um, as well as uh, the treatment of lines and wrinkles, um, and, um, again, uh, very significant advances in sun protection. Um, so. If you really think about the cornerstones of skin care, which to me is really exfoliation and hydration, color correction, sun protection, and then um, building of collagen, Um, we have many, many products today as well as skin therapies that can accomplish all of these things. For those patients who have um, unwanted redness from, let's say, rosacea, uh, there are now light therapies that can be used that very effectively reduce that unwanted redness. People think for years that, uh, you know, the red nose of uh, Jimmy Durante or someone would be an indication of uh, excess alcohol consumption, uh-huh. when in fact it's not at all. It's just the fact that they're of English and Irish descent, and they have this genetic predisposition to facial redness. Uh-huh. So we really can eliminate a stigma for that individual. Um, we also have the ability to control um, unwanted sweating. Um, you know, that's another concern <laughs> for a lot of patients. And, uh, again, another social stigma. Right. Um, so I think that there are a lot of advances. And uh, for any one individual, um, you know, I think it's best to come in and have a consultation, mm-hmm. sit down with uh, one of our estheticians or myself, and really go through your concerns. And we can then be very specific in terms of what treatments are best for you and meet your aesthetic needs as well as your budget. Um, you know, nothing um, that we do uh, is covered by insurance when it comes to aesthetic work. So we have to be very mindful of the cost of these of these things as well, which makes um, office-based procedures even more compelling. Um, for instance, uh, one of the uh, things that we do very routinely almost every day is um, upper eyelid contouring. Um, so whether you're a guy or a girl, um, if, uh, if you're genetically predisposed to having a heavy upper eyelid um, really not a lot you can do. You can't work out in the gym and prevent that. You can't put on sunblock and prevent it. It's going to happen. And uh, for some people, it becomes just an aesthetic issue. For others, it actually reduces their visual field. In other words, they can't see fully um, around them. Their upper and outer visual fields are reduced because of the heaviness of that tissue. So we'll often, um, just under local anesthesia, uh, deal with the excess skin and muscle and sometimes fat contouring in the upper lid And that's something that can be done in less than an hour. Um, If it's done on a Thursday, that person can be back to work on Monday. Um, And it's a result that lasts 25 to 30 years. So in terms of bang for the buck, I think um, having your upper lids done is no longer a stigmatic type of situation. I think, you know, for years, aesthetic surgery um, was felt to be for the wealthy and had a stigma of being um, appropriate for only those with excess vanity Um, But I think that's really fallen by the wayside. Um, People understand the benefits of what we do, and there's very little uh, negative uh, association with it. Um, And, again, by doing things in the office, um, eliminating the uh, potential risk of any anesthetic and reducing the cost to the patient, I think it makes um, aesthetic surgery uh, more affordable and more approachable for many people.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, that is <clears throat> very important. Now, you know, we hear a lot of advertising nowadays about laser hair removal. Can you expound on that a little bit more?
2: Sure. Uh, laser hair removal is a uh, service that we do provide, and uh, we, uh, we're we quite busy in that arena. Um, laser hair removal uses a selective wavelengths of light to target the, um, the pigment within the hair follicle. So uh, by Targeting the pigment, it superheats the hair follicle and kills that hair follicle, and that hair will then fall out. Mm -hmm. Um, I do not like to say that we're eliminating hair. We're reducing hair with laser hair removal. Um, And it's most effective when you have very dark hair um, in a light background. So the ideal um, patient would be someone with dark hair and light skin. However, with the advances in the lasers that have now occurred over the last 10 years, we really are able to treat any skin type. The thing that doesn't respond well, however, is gray hair. Gray hair itself does not have <laughs> pigment. Gray so hair it,
0: is stubborn. Yeah, it is. It's stubborn stuff. And,
2: uh, you know, I can tell you that I had some uh, laser hair removal done on my shoulders, and um, all the dark hairs fell out, and now I'm left with gray hair. So, you know, I, I look about, you know, 65 on my shoulders, and no, I'm joking, but um, it is an issue that, uh, it, you know, that it— that you need to be clear um, Mm -hmm. with the patient about. Um, In general, my job is to make people happy um, and feel better about themselves. And that really starts with um, giving them a clear understanding of your expectations for the procedure and what they really should realistically expect and make sure that you're addressing the patient's concerns. If you address the concerns and are honest and upfront about the risks and benefits of every procedure, I think you set the patient up for success,
0: exactly. We are talking with Dr. Seth Yellen with myriad of facial plastic surgery
2: dr Yellen
1: i'm going to have to jump in here a little bit um, I just uh, I'm kind of curious what uh what percentage of people do just uh you know full full face lifts or you know when they come in and then they start thinking about some kind of surgery. Uh, do they just want to, you know, do you find the percentages more on the eyes or the lips or, uh, you know, is it a full face lip that people are looking for? And, uh, and what is the recovery period for those?
2: Well, those are all excellent questions, Dom. So um, I will tell you, in, in my experience, uh, most women as they age, um, let's say they're in their mid-50s and older, um, most often focus on their necks the laxity in their neck and their jawline. And for those individuals, uh, a facelift is often the best choice. (laughs) Dom is now buttoning his collar, preventing us from seeing his sagging neck. Um, No, we can't see that any longer. There you go. Perfect. Um, And I will tell you that a a lower face and neck lift is often the recommended procedure for, for correction of significant neck laxity. Um, particularly in, in the female patient. Um, and that operation um, generally takes about three to three and a half hours in the operating room. Um, and then there's about a week of real downtime um, where the patient's wearing a supportive bandage around their face um, and uh, just you know, generally taking it easy for that week. Um, the discomfort with any facial surgery is generally remarkably low. Um, pain is very, very uncommon and often is an indicator that something's not healing well. Um, so uh, the more common experience is a little bit of transient or temporary numbness um, where your incisions um, have been made because, of course, you're cutting through some sensory nerves in the skin. Um, But uh, this is my time frame for people. I tell them, uh, plan on 10 days to 2 weeks to stay home from work, Um, 6 weeks to show off to friends and family, Uh, 3 months if you're taking a a photograph for posterity. Um, 6 months is the first aesthetic visit that I get interested in. Um, this is all post-op, you know, after surgery, uh, because there's a lot of healing and change that occurs within that first six-month period, and then a year to final healing. Um, that's, that's sort of the expected soft tissue healing curve. Um, now, for men, um, they also are focused um, very often on their necks, um, particularly if they have to wear a tie to work every day and they're buttoned up, And a facelift is an excellent operation for them as well. Um, However, um, there's another operation that's available um, where I make a a direct excision, sort of a direct attack, and excise the hanging tissue in their necks, leaving a central midline uh, scar underneath their chin, which hides quite nicely in the shadow of the chin. Um, And uh, we call that a, a cervicoplasty or just directly a neck lift. Um, And that's really ideal for the man who's um, really neck-focused, doesn't really care about their face as much, um, is willing to accept a midline neck scar, and is really looking for a lower-cost, quicker recovery-type procedure because this procedure um, is very easy to recover from. Um, And literally, I've had uh, a patient who ran an automotive parts store forget to come in for his one-week post-op visit to have his stitches removed because he went back to work and he was just so busy. So that's... That speaks to the sort of the ease with which one can recover from an operation like that. So there are several operations available. Um, Depending on the severity of the problem, we we moderate the recommendations accordingly. Um, Now, what's exciting is um, for the younger patient, 40 to 50, someone who's looking to get some lifting and tightening but doesn't really have a tremendous amount of sagginess, or for the patient who's had the lift, it's been seven, eight, ten years, and they want a little something to tighten their necks, but they're not willing to go through another procedure. We now have a brand new and very exciting technology known as Ultherapy. Ultherapy uses um, ultrasound uh, energy in two unique ways. One is it visualizes the layers of skin, fat, muscle, bone lining, and bone. So we have a very clear image of where we're going to deliver high-intensity ultrasound energy, which is going to be the sort of the treatment component of the L-therapy machine. And what it's doing is it's using ultrasound to generate intense heat in the skin, which causes um, the body to respond with collagen formation and ultimately contraction of that new collagen and scar to lift and tighten. In fact, it's FDA-approved as a lifting and tightening device for the jawline and neck. Um, so O-therapy is a um, technology that's been in the States for about three years or so. We've been doing it for about a year and a half um, and have been very pleased with the results. Um, I was our first guinea pig patient, and if you want to see my results, go to our Facebook page, uh, Marietta Facial Plastic Surgery Facebook page, and you can see my before and after results. Um, it is, um, it is a, a real boost for the working individual because, there's literally no downtime. You do it, for, it's a two hour procedure in the office. Um, I'll often give the patient a Valium um, and a, a Lortab, which is like a pain pill, just to make the procedure a little less uncomfortable for them. Um, and then once the procedure is complete, there's nothing but perhaps a little bit of tingling and a little bit of numbness underneath the chin and along the jawline, um, which lasts four to five weeks, but there's no bruising. There's really no evidence that anything was done. Uh, in fact, the day I had it done, I took Tylenol only for the procedure, and I did three operations that afternoon and went to dinner. So that was quite convenient. And then it's a, uh, an improvement over a six-month period of time. So therapy is a uh, really interesting and unique new therapy that we offer um, at Marietta Facial Plastic Surgery, um, and it's ideal for that younger patient.
1: Is that spelled A-L-L?
2: Uh, U-L. U-L. therapy T-H-E-R-A-P-Y. Yeah.
0: Dr. Yellen, you spoke about your Facebook page. Can you tell us how can our listeners reach out to you to learn more about your surgical and non-surgical procedures?
2: Um, sure. Uh, I think a great place to start is to go to Marietta Facial Plastics, with an S at the end, com. Okay. Um, we have a, a very uh, extensive website that describes our procedures, gives a, a myriad of examples of patients that I've operated on personally, every patient on that Website is one of my patients, and uh, it describes the procedures. It describes our philosophy, um, and it uh, shows uh, the staff that we have. And I I would like to um, just um, stress that it's not a solo um, activity, facial plastic surgery. You really rely on a team, and I am blessed with a wonderful team. Um, From the uh, time you um, get your phone call answered uh, to the time you have your initial consultation, um, your skin therapy, your procedures. You're interacting with a number, of my, a number of people in my staff, and everyone is top-notch. I have been blessed um, with a wonderful and congenial um, staff that really knows um, how to take care of a patient and provide excellent customer service. Um, you know, this is elective stuff, and people don't need our services if they're doing aesthetic surgery. So you really have to provide an exceptional um, experience for the patient, and I think we do an excellent job at that. Um, if they would like to make a, uh, a consultation with me personally, they can call our our telephone number, 770-425-7575. Again, that's uh, 770-425-7575. And uh, speak with uh, Rachel or Amanda and make an appointment to see me. Um, we have... Uh, Um, an excellent uh, aesthetic coordinator, um, Kim Palmieri, who um, can answer a lot of your questions on the phone. But it's very difficult um, since what I do is is so visual. It's very difficult even for myself to answer anything on the phone because I don't know exactly what the patient looks like. So it really is best if someone is interested to simply schedule a, a personalized consultation.
0: Sounds good. I always say teamwork makes the dream work, and it sounds like you have a great team on your side. Dr. Yellen, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much
2: for having me. I really enjoyed myself. Have a good day.
0: You too. And next up on the broadcast, we have uh, David Lee with the Intersect Group. Welcome, David.
3: Thank you very much for having me.
0: David, give us some background about the Intersect Group and exactly what you do there
3: sure we 're a relatively young company. We were founded in two thousand and six. Uh, we are a staffing and consulting firm specifically in the i t and finance and accounting space mm-hmm. um, now although we're we 're relatively young we 've grown very very quickly um, we 've been one of the fastest growing companies in Georgia uh, and really in the united states for for several years uh, As of now, we have over five hundred clients and last year we hired twelve hundred different people to work at our clients uh, in those areas. And so uh, we continue to see you know rapid growth, mm-hmm. and uh, the company's been a very big success story.
0: It definitely has. You guys were actually on the list of Atlanta's best and brightest places to work. Describe why you think your company is in that group.
3: Yeah, and we've received lots of different accolades, but that one I like the best. Uh, and we were just at that awards ceremony last week, mm-hmm. because I think it really does tell a lot about uh, who our company is and, and what our culture is made of. Um, what's interesting is a lot of companies find uh, you know creating a positive culture and fun at work you know to be accidental. But for us, it's, it's a true part of who we are. Uh, and you know, I'll give an example. I mean, uh, one of the things that we do is we try to make sure it's not just executives coming up with ideas to make this a fun place to work. We very much... Um, you know are, are bottoms up in terms of, of of allowing company you know the employees at our company um, to drive that so i 've never worked anywhere for example, that has a, a fun committee, and we have one uh, and uh, last Friday we had um, shoe shines and manicures and a masseuse, an on site masseuse <laughs> where wow. people could sign up all day and, and talk to our management. and a smoothie bar right so we had employee pampering day on friday and you know, there 's small things right those aren 't necessarily very expensive things, but it 's the kind of things that I think people leave with and tell their friends and say, wow, this is a great company to work for. You could see the faces of the people right. that that were leaving. And, you know, it's not just a once a year kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is every time that we have a company meeting
0: mm-hmm.
3: or, um, you know, that we're making a change, we very much think through what is it, you know, what else do we have to be doing to make sure that people are engaged in the company, that it's more than just a place that people come in and punch a clock. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, there's been, um, you know, a lot of different events. There's a continual stream of ways for our company to network with each other Mm -hmm. and with our clients. And um, that type of environment, you know, we we see the results from it as well because, you know, people come into work pretty charged up and excited. And so, you know, when they're working with our clients, that energy shows, and we've been told that time and time again, that there is a a certain buzz about the people that work for our company. Um, And you can feel it when you walk into our office. And even something, you know, along the lines of, you know, adapting to where the current marketplace is going. And so, you know, right now we're in an environment where it isn't a punch-the-clock environment with, with you know, iPhones and iPads and all of the different ways that you can access information. Having someone just working a set 40 hours isn't necessarily the most productive thing anymore. And, and we acknowledge that. We actually have no uh, vacation policy. So people can take as much or as little as they want, but we're very results-driven. So, um, you know, what we're finding is... Um, You know, for for some people, they may end up being on their phone all night and still working. It it actually doesn't mean that they're working less. People ask me that question all the time when they say when they're shocked in an interview and say, "You have no, we can take as much vacation as we want." Um, But the irony is, uh, it's not what you would think. It's not that people work less if they're excited about what they do, and you give them the right avenue and empower them. That we're finding people actually working harder because they want to.
0: Exactly. Uh, And
3: and so you know, for that, I think it was. It was well deserved that we won that award, and, and, mm-hmm. I, and i I do think our company really differentiates ourselves from others that we um, are a you know a different kind of place that people can get excited about you know culturally on top of the work part, which is obviously why we 're all there
0: exactly, and I so love that culture i 'm also a big fan of the Atlanta Business Chronicles, and you guys actually won another award uh, through the Atlanta Business Chronicle Paysetters and also the Fast Forty Award. How has your company been able to keep up with that rapid growth?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's been great. You know, those awards, so we've doubled the company in the last two years alone. Wow. And so, you know, we've kind of been on the award circuit lately. Yeah. Uh,
0: and,
3: and a lot of that is we're, we're in a, an industry, so right, staffing and consulting. Many of our competitors measure their people in terms of, you know, number of phone calls and volume. And we have a relationship-based model with our clients that's very different and it does involve, you know, more listening and understanding their needs first versus going out there and saying, okay, this is what I'm going to sell. And I'm going to just try to push it as hard as I can, hoping that, you know, that someone will buy. Instead, we we have a different approach with our employees. And, um, you know, one of the things that we're really focusing on lately is, um, you know, looking at our company's net promoter score, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, a lot of larger companies are adapting right now. And so are we, um, you know, which is k- keeping a, you know, a measured approach to customer service. And understanding what it takes to grow is not just your own internal sales force, but if you do have the type of service with a client where they go out and promote you, they'll be selling for you, right? That if they like us enough, they'll tell their friends and family. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll be less price sensitive. They're more open to giving us exclusive work without putting out for less competition because they believe that we're going to do the right thing and that Mm -hmm. we're going to be higher quality. And so, you know, we've been measuring that. We're very, we have a very high net promoter score. And so, you know, what that does tell me is that we're doing the right thing with our kind of 100 people that are in sales and recruiting in, in our back office. But out in the marketplace, our clients are talking about us, and we get a lot of um, word-of-mouth referral business and uh, a lot of very loyal customers that once we work with them once, they're staying with us for, for quite a while.
0: Right, right. Customer retention and uh, customer services is key within the industry. How is uh, the upcoming health care reform changes affecting your company and industry?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think anyone in the labor business, which is what we're in, and Mm -hmm. that crosses many different areas, not just consulting and staffing where we are. I think if you were to ask people honestly, they would say it's the biggest concern that they have this year, which is going into 2014 with the health care reform that's about to take place. And it's Concerning for a lot of of companies, uh, mainly because they don 't there 's a lot of unknowns and ambiguity and i 'm not sure anybody is completely ready with their strategy. They may say they are, but until it comes and until different interpretations come out over the next year, I think things could change the The thing that is interesting to our industry though is that when because of this, a lot of clients that we 're talking to are actually hesitant to handle it themselves and so it's it is driving people toward our industry where they're saying, "Let me use a consulting firm or a staffing firm for certain roles mm-hmm. not for not necessarily always for everything but for certain roles because right now they aren't they 're not necessarily sure how to handle the compliance right and so it 's driving them to say, "I could either hire this person full time or I could go to a staffing firm and since they're the experts, let them handle it that 's driving a lot of people to be um, a, a little bit fearful on the permanent hiring side but a little bit more aggressive on the staffing side so i mean in total, you know, in in, in in terms of you know number of people being hired, it's the same. It's just I, a lot of companies are because of that fear factor and confusion about how to comply with healthcare, and mm-hmm. and honestly, they're not even sure who to pay healthcare and not. And mm-hmm. some of the legal, legal ramifications of that that we are seeing a lot of companies coming to us saying, you know what, let's we're gonna we'd rather staff this out with different people as opposed to um, trying to run the risk internally. And so it's what I foresee in the next several years is. Healthcare is going to be a big boom for staffing and consulting because, in uh, uh, that, it is a big enough cost, right. risk, and um, unknown that can easily be be uh, maneuvered by them using a firm like ours instead.
0: Okay, okay. Can you uh, talk a little bit more about what your company is seeing in the labor labor market as well as in the g- general economy?
3: Yeah, I mean, the, so the, the one of the uh, challenges that's out there is so. Uh, unemployment has been gradually lowering. Right, we're at about eight percent now. Mm-hmm. Georgia's at about the same, at about eight percent. But if you peel back the layers of that onion, it's, it's a different story because amongst the skilled um, labor force, like IT, you know, developers, um, business analysts, pro- project managers, like the finance and accounting, the people that are in our industry, the unemployment rate is. Closer to one or two percent
0: wow that's impressive very
3: it's very so the, there's a war for talent out there that is very very difficult for a lot of companies and us to manage right it's it's a different playing field the um, the economy for that t- particular type of worker uh is needs to be looked at by itself right okay. and and so that's where the companies like ours really have to go above and beyond to differentiate to bring people in um, and and speed becomes a factor too because when those people become available, it is lightning quick for the mm-hmm. number of, of companies that are calling on them to recruit them. And so, you know, I think companies that are out there that are trying to recruit those type of, of workers need to really look in the mirror at, 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 at what is their strategy and how are they going to approach that. Um, and, again, it, it is driving a lot of people towards our industry because um, we are continually hiring those people, uh, uh, you know, and continually have relationships and are pipelining relationships with those people. And so um, – in a market that's full of speed where you are trying to attract a very very um you know attractive person, you need to um, potentially either have a you know a firm helping you or have a very very direct strategy as to how to continually be out on the marketplace looking looking for those people
0: okay we've been talking with David Lee
1: with the intersect group david uh we're in the technology sector uh you know there's a it's a it's a vast uh, area, uh, there's a lot of different layers. Uh, does your company see a, a trend in in uh, in a particular sector uh, of uh, what what technologies people are uh, kind of leaning toward?
3: Yeah, I mean the one that's really coming out right now that is unbelievably popular is is SharePoint and collaborative environments. Every client seems to be asking for it. We actually have a SharePoint practice that is would have an unlimited amount of work right now in terms of the, uh, the force that we have in place there, they're, they're, they're full, fully utilized. And, and really what's interesting about SharePoint is it's not necessarily just, you know, being sold to an IT environment. It really, for a client, any department or any, uh, functional area could use it. And it's, it, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it, it really, in its simplest way, it's a portal to be able to share documents, uh, measures, um, uh, tracking of projects, that, um, uh, uh, any kind of data sets that you're interested in, you you can run through, uh, you know, a customized version of a SharePoint portal that people on a team can work with together, and you know, as you know, kind of like what I was saying earlier, you, you know, workforces are, are are continually not necessarily always sitting next to each other, and so I think the the popularity of SharePoint is it does allow people to be able to work in a lot of different places with a lot of different ba- backgrounds and experiences all at the same time. Um, I think the second one that. It seems like everybody's talking about also is business intelligence. And that's this idea of, uh, of um, going beyond the basics of paper reports that may come out to you. Um, you know, I think the days of, of waiting for a financial period to end like a month or a quarter and seeing uh, those results and looking at them are, 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 are not necessarily the, the way to grow a company anymore. Um, people are continually looking for live ways to um, extract their data, be able to analyze mm-hmm. in a simple fashion and in a fast fashion um, what you know how their company is performing in and, and, and you know so dashboarding is very very popular right now with clients, and a lot of them um, are constrained by systems that they 're using already, but I think the popularity of bi is that it 's flexible enough that you know you can put layers of reporting on top of any system and it's uh, often a faster and more flexible way than using your larger primary provider like an Oracle or an SAP, uh, you know, or, or a dynamics that there are, there are other more flexible, customized tools out there to allow you to analyze and run your business. So are there certain points in time when a
1: company reaches out to you? Is there, you know, uh, to the intersect group, particularly, uh, That you're finding? Is there a trend there where people just, you know, at certain points of their business growth or whatever?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think the the misperception with our company sometimes is that, well, let's only call the Intersect Group if we have a special project or a merger or we're implementing something. But a big portion of our business is that kind of continual, and I'm sure you see it in your business. Obviously, it's a big part of your business and and some of ours where, um, you know, there's, there, we recommend that our companies keep about 15 to 20 percent of their labor force continually flexible so that, uh, you know, as as needs shift, um, as times, of the, as different times of the month, if you're busier or not busier, uh, it allows you to adapt quicker than having just a, fle- a, a fixed workforce. And so, you know, many of our clients are really just using us on a continual basis. Um, you know, they're, in terms of IT and finance and accounting, there's, there's a continual amount of work that you know, if, if companies really evaluate their staff, doesn't always necessarily need to be done by an internal fixed person. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that myself, too. On my team, I always try to keep about 20 percent flexible. That way, if there's different skill sets needed, uh, if we have special projects going on that we can bring in contractors or consultants to help fill that gap. So you're a young guy. What got you in this business? <laughs> You know what? What got me into this business is why we're in the business, right? I I I knew a a executive recruiter that I had worked with, um, just kind of listening to what was going on in the market. Uh, She ended up at the Intersect Group, and when uh, um, originally I I came to our company as the controller, uh, that when that opening was available, she had reached out to me, and you know we kept that network together, and um, and then uh, I was the controller for about a year and a half, and then I was promoted to CFO about two years ago, so. The old magic of the networking. It is. It's. I mean, it's what keeps our company alive, and it's. It's. I mean, even internally, we use our own people, obviously, to staff out our own teams internally, and they do a great job, and uh, and uh, you know, we we continue to to you know mirror the success of what we're seeing at the clients internally. Excellent,
0: David. What would you say that you enjoy most about what you do?
3: I would. I mean, I would say the the the, the biggest part of it is. Um, is what I was saying earlier, that company culture. You know, the work changes from day to day, so I can never say it's the work. Everything moves so quickly that, you know, we're constantly looking, you know, as we're growing, looking at new systems and processes and things like that. So, you know, I'm never overly attached to one particular thing when it comes to the work, but I think the one thing that is the constant is um, the general culture of the company and that open-mindedness to change and growth that's allowed us to be successful.
0: And how can our listeners learn more about the Intersect Group? What's the best way to get in contact with you?
3: Yeah, I mean, probably the best way is just to go to our website, www.theintersectgroup.com. And there's lots of open job opportunities, descriptions about what we do and contact information there.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by CDI Managed Services. Next up, we have the distinct pleasure of speaking with Daniel Eberly with Eberly & Associates. Welcome, Daniel.
4: Thank you for having me.
0: Daniel, tell us about the company and what do you do?
4: Um, the company is Eberly & Associates Incorporated. Um, it's celebrating its 31st year in business this year. We're Congrats. really grateful for that. Um, what we do is it's a, a group of land planners, landscape architects, and civil engineers mm-hmm. that work collaboratively to design sites to receive uh, buildings and other structures. That's a mouthful. I try to get that to layman's terms. <clears throat> we're we're um, architects traditionally are thought of as you know dealing with the building we 're putting that building on the site, correctly orienting it, um, looking at the utilities running into it, the drainage and the uh, environmental impact of that on the surrounding properties.
0: Can you go into a little bit more detail and talk specifically about what civil engineers do, what land planners do, and also what landscape? Architects do?
4: Um, typically, uh, land planners are dealing with uh, ordinances, uh, regulations that are designed by uh, the public sector to protect surrounding properties' values uh, from negative impacts of, of what you're doing on your own site and balancing that with the right to develop your own site. <clears throat> and they're looking at contextual elements. Mm-hmm. Um, and multiple sites and multiple buildings on the same site, like campus planning. Uh, civil engineers are generally uh, trained in uh, the strength of materials and the performance of the materials, and landscape architects are traditionally trained in more like architects. That's why that word shows up in that title. Mm-hmm. In the be, uh, behavioral psychology, mm-hmm. so what does the space do for you psychologically? Uh, examples. Are uh, you know if you're going to a federal building, you notice they have steps and marble, and the ceilings are really high. That's designed to make you feel smaller than the entity that you're dealing with <laughs> on purpose. Churches do that. Your 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 you know large space is oversized, is to make you feel smaller than what you're there for on purpose. Okay. So the Very landscape architects that come from that angle, the civil engineer is saying. Yeah, well, those columns need to be X size or the thing will fall down. Mm -hmm. Uh, The combination staff is uh, a rarity in the industry, and we are one of those combination staffs. If you walked into our office, you could not find the Landscape Architecture Department or the Civil Engineering Department. They're mixed on purpose so that we have quality uh, disagreements about aesthetics versus practical elements uh, on each project.
1: Is that how mixed use got started? (laughs)
4: <laughs> well the mixed mixed juice and and the new term for you is smart growth now yeah. mixed use uh, uh if you're doing mixed mixed-use is something that to to, to refer to uh, uh your comment uh dom's comment is uh it, you, where you have a retail live work play is another term for it where you have r- retail office and housing in one and one property and Either multiple structures, or sometimes just one structure. Uh, If that's applied in an urban redevelopment setting, then that's also referred to as smart growth because you're reusing structures in multiple use.
0: And why do developers and architects hire Ebelian Associates?
4: Well. we're happy they do, <laughs> and we're, we're. I think 30 years of uh, being in business is a testament that somebody's hiring us a lot. Uh, we have a, a, a real uh, over 85% repeat business, which is very good in the industry, wow. um, so that uh, acquiring new clients for all businesses is very expensive, so one of our big advantages is that we get repeat, and we believe that through interviewing clients, the repeat business comes from Really, giving a value one of the underpinnings of giving that value is trying to think like the the owner, the developer um, back to the clients that client ranges from public federal government big entities like that down to individual investors who want to do uh, a uh, convenience store you know mm-hmm. but Really grasping and really interviewing heavily on the front of what is it, uh, like our friend, the the plastic surgeon that was here, Mm -hmm. is really understanding expectations and what their goals are in a really deep way before you start.
0: Right, right. You know, 34 years in business certainly speaks volumes. Coming from a financial and real estate uh, background, it's no big secret to me that the past several years has been tough for the commercial building industry. Now, how has and Associates managed through these tough times, and how's business now?
4: Um, We're fortunate that that 30 years of business and a very diverse client base is what uh, helped us to uh, push through this slower economy. Um, many of our competition, sadly, we, we're friendly competitors. Have mm-hmm. uh, actually gone out of business. It's mm-hmm. sad. We uh, were able to get through it because we had um, a good mix of back to the client type versus the project type. The client type, we had public and private sector clients. We had mm-hmm. large and small public and private clients. Within the within the cli- uh, cust- uh, excuse me development type, mm-hmm. we had. Uh, project types from health care to higher education to k through twelve education mm-hmm. housing and we we don 't do a a lot of single family housing like track subdivisions right. we do infill in this, usually in urban areas where someone 's redeveloping something into a single family, but rarely do we do any single family development and it it 's almost Almost never a, a single-family home, mm-hmm. um, but the the the, the uh, uh, types I've mentioned plus uh, uh, industrial distribution. Um, we've done things uh, from the beginning. Uh, we're working on convenience stores and bite-sized things to. Uh, uh, we've done uh, golf courses in Egypt. We've done uh, wow. NASCAR tracks, uh, a number of NASCAR tracks uh, and facilities for them. So there's a huge range, and that's really what's what's uh, got us through.
0: Okay, we've been talking with Daniel Eberly with Eberly and Associates.
1: Dan, th- thirty years in business. That's. Uh Remarkable. Uh, you know, we all have, you know, experiences and uh, certain things stand out more than others, you know, when we narrow it all down. Do you have special things that you're most proud of or that stand out in your in your mind?
4: The, the first large industrial project that uh, I remember um, being able to get the commission for was uh, for Nestle's Foods. It was 800,000 square foot uh, distribution center and it's on the south side of atlanta if you go out 75 south you'll see it uh, on the east side um 850,000 square feet is like 20 acres or 20 city blocks of building under roof it's just unbelievable and i was really proud of that and still am it's uh it's held up well it's probably over 15 years old now um one of the things I'm most proud of it is the ongoing, you know, it's re it's what gets me up and gets me to work every day is a, it's a learning process. And with that diverse background, we're able to capture best practices from all kinds of end users and bring them back and transfer them to another, uh, industry. I'll take an example. I'm aware of medical because of our friend, um, uh, we the quality control is such a big deal in medical. You don't want any mistakes. Double check uh, all their quality control. We've been able to uh, borrow those quality control processes and and apply them to industrial and apply them to housing and other other areas. It's it's a it's, it's a constant improvement, a striving for improvement, and um, utilizing new ideas. We have a project that. Uh, one of the really fun things for us is we work with a lot of higher education. Uh, we're doing, we did a project at the University of Georgia, which is the visual arts building, which is now called the environmental design building. It houses the landscape architecture department.
1: Perfect fit.
4: It's perfect fit. They, so we were trying to push, you know, the, the facility itself needs to be a teaching tool. So we have a, a rainwater harvesting system on that building that captures the rainwater and uses it to cool the building and the flush of the commodes because it doesn't have to be drinkable, that quality, to do those things. And we have a, a conservation sustainability element that is very clear to the students. It's right outside the door. The building is functioning that way, uh, and it challenges them to push it farther. What else can you do, you know? I'm yeah. very proud of that.
1: Excellent. Are you finding yourself to be more channeled these days in specialized uh, areas, or yes,
4: we we um, we see ourselves. Uh, uh, we keep our fingers in all these markets. What, what's what's really getting a lot of play right now uh, uh, is a multifamily. We're doing a lot of multifamily work, and I that's a term from the industry so i'll decode that for everybody that's uh apartments and condominiums rather than single family standalone homes um because of the economy oddly uh people lost their homes they got to live in an apartment so there, there's a lot of apartment work available also redevelopment in this in downtown urban areas city of atlanta primarily for us uh we do a lot of that we have one project in particular that's kind of both those things in one is uh called Stoveworks. It's a smart growth, mixed use, redevelopment, and new uh, buildings mixed together. Uh, Tremel Crow Residential is a significant name in the nationwide that we're doing that for, and we're very happy about that. It's also right on the Beltline. So uh, if you're from the Atlanta area, the Beltline is a right away from rail systems that exist and was kind of discovered and has become a a linear park system that the city uh, private-public sector partnerships are working really hard to develop that into a part of the green infrastructure for the city. It's a very exciting project.
1: Is your market a local market?
4: Predominantly local. Um, Civil engineering and landscape architecture doesn't travel as well as other things. I'm contrast that. Architecture, if you're good at doing a hospital, then it's less important whether it's in Houston, Texas, or in Maine. In landscape and civil, it's about the land. So soil mechanics, rainfall, freezing, thawing, all those things affect how the building is attached to the ground. So by that uh, fact, people in the development industry like to use local civil engineers and don't take them with them when they travel as much now there are some exceptions like the NASCAR stuff if the if the complexity of the design for the for that exceeds learning the local conditions then they'll take you so we so um it's a complicated answer to your question but uh for NASCAR or something really crazy like you know, have you designed, uh, you know, roadways that uh, this design speed is 200 miles an hour? No. Well, then I think we'll bring Eberly from Atlanta. You know, but uh, but otherwise, if it's a generic building, it's much more local. So, 80% of our work is inside the state of Georgia. Uh, we also we have a a good amount of work in the southeastern states, and rarely do we go to Wisconsin or someplace like that.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Dan, uh tell me how can uh architects and uh, developers reach out to you to learn more about Eberly and Associates?
4: Well our website is ww.dot that's E-B-E-R-L-Y mm-hmm. dot net versus com. Okay, that's dot important. Net, N-E-T. Um, the other thing we'll send you to a bank in Canada. <laughs> uh, net and uh, our phone number is 770-452-7849 770-452-7849 our offices are at Century Center which is inside 285 uh, between about halfway between Dead Center downtown and the, t- and the perimeter off of 85 yeah,
0: right around Claremont
4: Claremont is exactly.
0: Great thank you very much Dan and thank you for being on our show. Thank you. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud where we talk business to business. A special thank you to our guest today Dr. Seth Yellen with Myriad of Facial Plastic Surgery, David Lee with the Intersect Group, Daniel Eberly with Eberly & Associates. Thank you all for being on the show. I'm Nicole Toptosh, along with my co-host, Dominic Rainey, with CDI Managed Services, where we work with companies to maximize their investment in IT infrastructure and cloud solutions and support. To listen to this show and other Silverlining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to silverlining.businessradiox.com. Until next time, remember, when it comes to IT solutions and cloud support, CDI Managed Services is your silver lining in the cloud.